0: Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Companies. If you thought you missed your chance to refinance and save, think again. Mortgage rates have recently dropped below 3%, and Rocket Mortgage can help you save big. You could lower your monthly payment and prepare yourself for a better financial future. But you've got to act now. Call us today at 833-8-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Conditions apply. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030.
1: Well welcome to the show today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me, and I hope that you had a great last week. And I appreciate so much all of your comments in our social media that we do for you. And and really I appreciate the fact that you listen to this show because I want you to be the best version of you. I want you to be all that God intended for you to be and to enjoy yourself. As much as he does, and the rest of the world probably does without you even knowing it. So today I wanted to talk about this concept of guaranteed value. And what that really means, and where that comes from, and how it is applied to humans. So we have in Romans 12.3, this is the Message Bible, it says, Living then as every one of you does, in pure grace. It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God, no, God brings it all to you. So the only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. So I want to say that one more time. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is, who he is, and by what he does for us not by what we are and what we do for him. So think about how accurate that is with our kids. They have inherent value, don't they? It doesn't matter how bad they are, we would go to the ends of the earth for them. We would bankrupt ourselves if they needed the money. We would give them a limb, a lung, right? Because it isn't necessarily what they bring to us. It's what we bring to them. And so it's different to recreate something than to restore something. So I say this because I think it's it's an excellent endeavor if we are working on ourselves, if we are trying to be the best that we're supposed to be. But attempting to recreate ourselves, I, I think you've seen many disasters of plastic surgery many times when we have seen people try to recreate who they think they should be and who they think they, think what they think they should look like. And the farther away they get from the original design, usually the more macabre it may look. And so this is not a judgment as to people struggling with how they're made. I struggled with that for many, many, many years and fought with God on that for quite some time before I actually accepted the fact that I was a created being and that he chose to create me and put me together and place me in time. Because it was his choice. And he obviously knows best. And I, the older I get, the more I believe that. So that doesn't mean that I don't struggle with God, and it doesn't mean that I don't question him. It means that ultimately, it saves my soul and helps my heart when I let myself believe that his intentions are always good. And so I want you to think about this. That God is your guarantor. He's the one that established value from the beginning. He's the guarantor. So value is not found outside of yourself. And to be valued is an appropriate response from others and from yourself. See, if you believe you are valuable, you will treat yourself as such. And instead of thinking twice about yourself, think about how your parents feel about their children, how they value them even over their own life. Well, this is how God values us, his children. He lost his life to save us regardless of our condition. The inherent value is never questioned. It's accepted and freely given. So feeling valued and being valued may not always be the same thing. I'm going to say that one more time. Feeling valued and being valued may not always be the same thing. See, there are many things that we value, but we may not treat well. So think about how important it is if we think we lose value. So what is inherent value? Well, inherent value means that the, the assumption comes with. It's not something that we are questioning. It's not something that we are determining. Inherent value says that the person that has that value, the object that has that value, can't lose it or necessarily add to it, except sometimes with time. So the initial value is inherent. It doesn't always mean that people respect the value. I mean, I see you know, how we we treat life many times. But the inherent value means that we assume that if you're a human and you have life, that you are now valuable. So we'll run into burning buildings for you. We will lose our life for you, even if we don't know you, even if you're mistreating yourself, even if you hate yourself, even if you try to suicide. We'll do everything we can to intervene because we see the inherent value in human beings. So when I was in college, God was really impressing me, you know, to give my life to him. And and I've told you this story before. And in arrogance, I said, well, you're going to have to kind of convince me. And he did. He did. I was really moving in the wrong direction. And I really did not feel as if I was inherently valued. I thought my value came only from how I looked, what I owned, who I knew, how popular I was, etc. And so this was really hard on me. And it's hard on any human that thinks they need to aspire for value, to aspire to gain some type of value. It's really, really hard on your, just your soul because the attempt to gain value is devaluing in and of itself. See, if I think that I don't have enough value, and I have to go out and get some, then I'm immediately condoning the fact that I think I'm not valuable. Now, I know this sounds kind of crazy, kind of convoluted, maybe, but I want you to kind of stick with me on this. Because I had so many ideas about I want, what I wanted and what my way was. And not only was I going in the opposite direction of God and how he designed me, I boldly, you know, I had some nerve. I told him thanks, but no thanks. I want to do my own thing. It's frightening to think I was that arrogant and naive. And I'm so thankful that God truly knows me and he knew my heart, and he still continued to value me. Even when I was devaluing myself with the way I thought, the way I acted, the things I did, how I felt about myself, ultimately, I found that God truly loved me. So even when I'm singing, you know, in nightclubs in college, and I'm still telling people about Jesus, it's kind of absurd, I'm thankful that he understood me and that he knew me. And ultimately, he didn't judge my process. He continued to secure me and to value me. And I I will be honest with you, there were times in my life when I really thought dying would be better. And I am so grateful that God really intervened in so many ways that he thought of my value and determined and helped me understand that my value was inherent. It didn't have anything to do with my looks my talents, my intelligence, who I knew. That's not what made me valuable. What made me valuable is that I'm a one-time-only occurring person. No one can mess up like me. No one can succeed like me. So Second Timothy chapter 2.13, this is what God says. Even when I was faithless, he was and is always faithful. So when I speak to people, about being made in the image of God. One such area is that of being an evaluative, volitional thinker. Now, what this means is that at any level of intellect, I have the capacity to evaluate and choose how I want to respond and how I want to think. Intellectual capacity and trauma oftentimes determines how well we choose, especially the trauma that steals or hijacks our ability to choose. So what this all means in regards to my story is that I wanted to go one way and God had other plans. And thankfully, his plans prevailed. See, in Proverbs 16.25, it says, there's a way that appears right to a man, but in the end, leads to death. And certainly the way I was heading seemed right to me, seemed perfect for me, and in the end, it would have caused death for me. See, I knew that because of my talent and my abilities, having a career in music seemed like the most natural and most logical course. However, God knew that although it seemed right, it felt right. Other people were supporting it. It would eventually lead to my death. And I know that to be true. I come from a biological family that has many, many addictions. And I know that that lifestyle ruined both my biological parents My half-siblings were traumatized by the lifestyle that they had to endure. And it doesn't make these people bad. It makes them pursuing value in a way that harmed them. So it's not that the importance of the fact that you have reasons to live, you are called to live, you have been made for a reason. It's the idea of maybe... You know, working with the creator. Imagine if Michelangelo's statues were telling him how they wanted to be seen. Imagine if Michelangelo allowed them to contribute to the process. You see, God has already created us. We've already arrived. Now he wants to work out that process so that the world and ourselves enjoy it as much as he does. Join me again in the next segment as we talk about your guaranteed value. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about guaranteed value. And that means that your your value is guaranteed. And I know that's hard to hear sometimes because we have a world that is so performance-oriented that we always feel like we have to perform or we have to be the next best thing or come up with something so unique that nobody ever thought about it, that we have to wow the world in order to truly be valued. And so I was talking in the last segment about how I really had these plans of attaining value, My parents, I I didn't feel like my adoptive parents really valued who I was. Obviously, as I've grown up, I've come to realize they valued greatly who I was and who I could be. And that my pursuit of a professional actress, singer, model, these types of things were probably not going to be in my best interest. And so for me, that that verse in Proverbs 16.25, when it says, there is a way that appears right, but in the end leads to death. And I'm glad that I kind of got short-circuited on that path, because this seemed so right to me. So right. And I now know me enough to know that in the end, I probably would have died an early death. I, I, I would have succumbed to many things. I would have been harmed, taken advantage of. I'm too sensitive, I'm too kind in many ways, I want to please, I would have been eaten alive in many of those venues. And so when I take responsibility for the fact that I'm a volitional thinker, that means that I can choose. A volitional thinker, I must realize that my rationale is is only human. And so I can rationalize a lot of things, but I need to have it connected to God, the person that created me. See, if it's not connected to the source of all truth, my rationale appears right to me, and oftentimes even to those around me in the world at large, but can eventually lead to my demise. Now, I'm not saying it always does. I'm saying it can. And that's part of being a volitional thinker, is that I have to take into consideration a lot more evidence, a lot more information, so that I know really where I'm going and what I might be getting myself into. So this separates me from the rest of, of, of nature. Plants, animals, as far as we know, the earth and animals and plants don't really have the ability to think about their thoughts. So that's an important distinction. So this is huge When we are making a distinction between other living things, that they don't have their own consciousness. They're not necessarily aware of themselves. Now they know what might hurt them, but you don't see, you know, plants and animals trying to go to college. So we're able to evaluate what we think. And as a result, we should be able to evaluate that thought, my thought. And so many times I say to my, myself and also to my clients, you know, you may want to challenge that thought. And that's helped me over the years to say, you know, that thought seems right to me. I even like it a lot. Maybe it even gives me good feelings. But maybe I need to really challenge it. And sadly, most of us are not taught to do this. And as a result, we just think. And we just think whatever we think is true, whatever we feel is true. And we go from there. So oftentimes we're not taught to take responsibility for what we're thinking. And furthermore, quite possibly, what we may be thinking may be incorrect. So what this told me about God is that he thought about us. Truly, he thought about us first. And then thought about what he wanted to do. And then he chose what he wanted to do, and he ultimately acted on it. He chose to create me. He chose to create you. Choice is one of the biggest components of love. God isn't impulsive or reactionary. Obviously, or we'd probably all be dead, although he certainly has and has had big feelings, like, let's think about, you know, the flood, right? The death of Christ. So these behaviors were the outcome of a very authentic, highly connected, truth-based, fully volitional being. See, that last statement is extremely important. When I know me and I know my value, I am able to be authentic, grounded, and centered. My behaviors will then be an outcome of who I truly am. Versus who I think or hope I should be. Now, I hope this doesn't sound too complicated. It kind of is. But I want you to understand that God wants me to be a concrete physical manifestation of the original version of me and who he is. I'm representative of him. So one of the things about being made in the image of God is apprehending the notion that God thought about me. He wanted me. He chose me and he acted on that. See, the two words in this title and their subsequent meanings are very important to humans. Humans have many needs. And two very important emotional, psychological needs are the need to feel that we are important, that we are special, that we have worth. And to be able to depend on these feelings is true. This is why God reiterates over and over and over again throughout the Bible how very valuable we are. That we have great worth. And furthermore, we can believe this with complete confidence. That when God makes a promise and or a statement, we can trust that it's true. He keeps his promises and his word is good. And he is always true to his word. Because that's who he is. He is truth. So he wants us to believe and to depend on the statement that our value is guaranteed. It isn't something that we earn. Have you ever seen a a great piece of art, you know, or, or a beautiful Arabian stallion trying to earn value or question their value? They assume it, it's assumed. That These things are highly valuable. See, our, our world establishes value based on what you do, who you know, how you look, what you own, how much money you have, and, you know, all these types of things. Not necessarily establishing your value based on who you are. Now, when we establish it many times based on who we are, without understanding who the creator is, we get back into performance-oriented behavior. That who you are is only as good as what you do, and how you act, and back to who you know. And God doesn't see our value that way. He sees us as valuable because he created us, because we started as a thought, and we became a beautiful idea, and we became a passion for him, that he was compelled to create you. You and to keep you alive and for you to understand your worth and value and know why you were created and what God has for you individually, uniquely to do. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about this word guarantee. What does that word really tell us? How do we understand the word guarantee? Because it's important you know this word guarantee so you understand when God says that the value that you have is guaranteed. Join me in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. So glad you joined me today. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking about this concept of guaranteed value. And this goes along with the topic that I talk about frequently, about be your own best version. See, I can't be the best version of myself if I don't understand my value, if I don't actually support my own value, And walk out my value. And so these meanings are very important to humans. Because emotionally and psychologically, they need to feel they are important. That they are special. That they are worth something. And to be able to depend on those feelings. Because we don't always feel valuable. But just because we don't feel it, doesn't mean it's not true. And many times we see people testing that, just to see if someone might intervene, if someone might say, you can't do that to yourself. You can't talk to yourself that way. You don't deserve that. You should get out of that relationship. You're being abused. You should get a new job. They don't even understand how great you are. And so we need to have those feelings. So what happens, though, is that the world establishes our value, Based on what we do, who we know, how we look, what we own, maybe how much money we have, not necessarily on who you are. Who are you really? See, what does this word guarantee mean? Well, the definition really is it's a thing or a quality having intrinsic worth. A guarantee is a promise that something will happen. See, when God says he guarantees my value, He's the guarantor. He's the one that stands behind that guarantee. And so the guarantee tells us that I'm, I have intrinsic worth, even if I don't feel it. That God has promised that his guarantee is good. And so he promises that this is happening in our lives. That whether or not we see our value, he sees it. So, so what does this idea of value really mean? See, when I want to learn something or understand a concept in a deeper way, I like to look up what the word really means. It helps me see it in a different and deeper way. So when I looked up the word value, this is what I found. Determining the value of Anything. Anything. So, I can determine the value of my car. I can determine the value of my house. I can t- continue to, I don't know, determine the value of getting my nails done, of what relationship I'm in. And so, the valuing of something is determining whether or not the quality has intrinsic worth. And that's where God is telling us intrinsically, inherently, we have worth. And so valuing or valued means that we're appraising something. So isn't this what we do many times with relationships? We appraise whether or not this person that we are wanting a relationship with will be valuable. Will it be a value to me? Is this relationship going to be a value to me? And that doesn't mean that I'm using people. It means that I have to ascertain What that relationship, that effect on me, and whether or not it starts to decrease my feeling of value. So I realized that after reading the definition of that word, in order for something to be valuable or valued, its value must first be established. So who establishes value? And that goes back to the guarantor the owner establishes value. The creator of something establishes value. The purchaser of something establishes value. And the committed, how committed someone is to that object or person, is what also gives it value. So when we think about what's establishing value, it's commitment. It's what price I will pay physically, intellectually, monetarily emotionally spiritually what am I willing to pay because I value this thing so much and whether or not I created it well if I'm in relationship with someone we are creating a relationship that has never occurred and is only possible between the two of us every relationship is unique because every person is unique So when we are establishing value, what what kind of behaviors do we do that make that value known? Well, we work hard. We work hard for it. We work hard to get it. We work hard to keep it. That means we spend time. Time is a great way of establishing value. We make effort. We have thought about it. Commitment toward it. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in this last segment where we talk about where does that value actually originate. I hear the in my well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. And if you're just tuning in, I want to encourage you to, you know, visit the website. You can also look at all the social media that we have for you. And you can go to any of your favorite podcast servers and listen to the show in its entirety. And I so appreciate all your comments. And anytime you want a show written about something, if you have a topic that you think, hey, Nobody really talks about this, or I haven't gotten what I needed from other people that have talked about this topic. And so you can always email me through the website. You can contact me through social media and say, hey, would you mind doing a show on this topic? I want to understand it better. And I would love to do that for you. So we are talking today about guaranteed value. And this is so important for mammals, especially, but especially for humans we are we are crazy about whether or not we are valued and we go to extreme lengths to prove how valued we are even to the point of harming ourselves to see if someone will intervene because if they intervene it shows that we actually have value and so value is this thing that happens with mammals and especially with humans so much of our value in our world has to do with something outside of ourselves versus actually who we are. So if we think about the word intrinsic, see in Webster's dictionary, the word intrinsic is used to describe and illuminate what the word value truly implies. So intrinsic, it's an adjective, and it says belonging to the real nature of a thing. It's inherent. So when we say that someone has intrinsic value, We say it's inherent. Seeing being made in the image of God instills value, which means I have intrinsic value. The value of me is not because I made it happen. It's not because I created some kind of lifestyle that that gives me value. My value is intrinsic. Whether or not I perform well, whether or not I'm popular, whether I have money, whether I'm beautiful, ugly, whatever it is. We value human beings intrinsically. And it's a feeling that we have that we feel compelled to value humans. And I'm not saying in every moment because we have a lot of people that are not very kind and don't act as if they really value who we are as humans. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the real basic understanding of valuing humans, we know that this is where we see this in first responders. But we see it in everyday humans as well. They'll help a you know a wounded animal on the side of the road, right? They'll do anything they can. They see somebody that that is aged, that is struggling with, with groceries. They'll help them. And I, and I give this famous example, which is not a great one, but it's very powerful. That when you think about sex offenders that are on death row, and they are going to be executed. Do you know how much effort the, um, the jails put into making sure that when they are being killed, when they are being executed, that it is as painless as possible and is done as perfectly as possible? Now, this isn't just to avoid l- legal issues, except that the legal issues are there because we, we value humans, regardless of their behaviors. Now, we know from from all the relationship stuff we've talked about in the past that our behaviors directly affect how much we enjoy the relationship. But think for a minute. How many of you that are listening have people in your life that you go, Yeah, but it's my brother. Yeah, it's my mother. Okay, but it's our, my cousin, you know, and... And we have these people that even if we don't have fond feelings for them, we will do things to help them. And we feel compelled to do that. Well, I want you to know that's part of being made in the image of God. See, God establishes my value because I belong to him. But even if I didn't belong to him or choose him, he still loves me and he still died for me. See, this is the proof of our inherent value. How far God will go to be with us. How much he will tolerate. How much he will try to work through in order to be with us so that we would understand how amazingly, beautifully, wonderfully made we are. And regardless of our behaviors, no matter how irritating, annoying, frustrating, I mean completely disrespectful we may be, his heart is still moved by us and by our condition. So because of my own life story, and I I told you a little bit in the last segment about being adopted, and I really do enjoy teaching on identity and our value in the Lord and understanding how we were made and that we are wonderfully complicated beings. And this particular issue of value is imperative that we understand it. Because this is one of the areas that the enemy of our soul and the world at large attacks us in, right? I'm sure you've noticed. This is also where society challenges us. So when we don't know our own value, it affects the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act. And it affects our ability to hear from God and to accurately understand what other people are saying to us trying to do for us, and whether or not they love us, like us, or maybe are out to harm us. So we have to have this understanding of who we are, or we don't have the ability to even comprehend what's going on outside of ourselves. So if I'm made in the image of God, it's then implied, it's infused value. What I want you to think about is if any of you... Okay, think about this. If any of you have children, you don't determine whether or not you love them by how pop, how popular they are to other people. You don't go turn them back in because they're not going to be the next you know, NFL football player or the next supermodel or millionaire. They're extremely value, valuable to you. They belong to you because they're yours. They came from you, and you'd go to the ends of the earth for them. And if someone doesn't like them you're not going to be very happy about it because you know the impact it may have on that child. It doesn't change their value to you. See, we are God's children. We don't have to do anything to be valued by him, just as your children don't have to do anything to be valued by you. Now, that may not be the feeling that you have. I felt for many years that my worth and value was based on my performance with my mom and dad. And as the years went on and I went through different, you know, struggles in my life and they came through for me every time and they accepted me and forgave me, even if they didn't approve of things, I began to realize that, you know, this is where God gave me this great saying, and I hope this helps you. There's a lot of people I love very, very much, but I don't always like them. And I think that's how God feels about us. He loves us very deeply, but sometimes he doesn't always like us. And we as humans want to be liked so much that we might go outside of our value system. We might do things that we know we shouldn't do because we want to be liked. And so understanding that God loves me very much and doesn't always like everything I do means that I have the opportunity to figure things out. I have time because his love never ends. His love is always true. So he may not like everything I'm doing, but he loves me. I am of great value to him, even if I'm devaluing myself. So we don't have to do anything to be valued by God. We're his children. So I, so even if you don't have biological children, I want you to understand that this is how God really helped me understand the concept of, that that I got from him, that I belong to him, and that I came from him. I can't alter that. My origins go back to God. That's an irrefutable fact. I belong to God. Just as the creation belongs to him, my origins are alternately traced back to him. See, and this is why the death of Christ establishes such great value. This is what an earthly parent, a good friend, a good spouse would do. Because that would mean that those parents, those friends, those spouses would be acting authentically to the way that they're made, from whom they are made from. And so unfortunately, many of our friends, spouses, and oftentimes our family, they may act in a way that's contrary. And as a result, their actions, maybe or lack of, sometimes they're then infused with a lie that we are somehow devalued. And as a result, we feel devalued, and maybe our actions reflect and express how devalued we feel. So what I want you to think about is that logically, if I'm made in the image of God, there's implied, instilled value. So let's go back to the analogy, the reality of earthly children. Your kids didn't have to do anything to be valuable to you. They just are. So part of the understanding of your value to God is that you came from him. And he's the one that determines value. See, if God states that I'm valuable, then it becomes an irrefutable fact. I may not feel it. I may even argue about it. But it still remains a fact. The question is now whether or not I accept this fact as truth or if I choose to refute it. See, the suffering the death, the subsequent resurrection establishes factually how God feels about us. See, remember when we talked about value, it's established by the committed, the creator, the purchaser. Value is established through actions. See, God's hard work, his time, and the amount of effort that he puts into this. So what's interesting about God is one of the things that he has is very good boundaries. See, I can't control how God thinks or feels about me. That's his decision. As to how I act and feel and think, he may not be really happy with it. But it's up to me to believe the truth that he says he loves me. And I really do understand. It is very difficult to believe that God says that he he really, truly loves us. It's hard to believe it because it doesn't feel it. So part of understanding your value to God is that if he created me and you, I must believe that he is the ultimate expert in determining value. The Bible states that I have value. Thus, it's an irrefutable fact. I may not feel it. I can argue about it. Or I can actually just walk in it. Imagine for a minute how you would feel if you just automatically knew you were valuable. Regardless of how you looked, what you did, what you thought, what you owned, who you knew, what if you just felt valuable all the time? How would you act? What would your life be like? And this is where I've talked to you before about this idea of the $100 bill. So if someone has a $100 bill and they they found it on the ground and it's been spit on and stepped on, or what if it was used to buy drugs? What if it had a, a tiny, like, kind of tear in it? Or what if it had been crumpled up? It doesn't really matter. The condition of the $100 bill. It's still worth $100. This is how I want you to think about you this next week. Regardless of my condition. I am still worth tremendous value. I have tremendous value. And it doesn't have anything to do with how I look, who I know, what I own, how I act, how people feel about me. What I want you to recognize is this is why we don't get value outside and try to put it inside of us to make it true. The way we act has a lot to do with how we value ourselves, the way we think, the choices we make. So, really, process this and this week treat yourself as if you are highly valued because you are have a great week i'll talk to you next week this is cynthia hyatt with conversations with cynthia
0: we hope this past hour has been encouraging motivating and inspiring to you the messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you the listener with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website